rejoice is a choice. We choose, this day I choose to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, we've had a, a lot going on uh, this week. I want to extend a thanks to uh, all of you all that have reached out in various ways uh, to the Savage and Albright family. We truly uh, appreciate it. And Pastor actually texted me um, this week and asked if uh, I wanted to change my preaching assignment. And I got to be honest, I, I thought about it and I said, you know, um, I probably should. But as I began to think about it, I thought about my father-in-law. He was preaching from his sickbed. I said I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> he was preaching from his sickbed. So in his legacy, his honor, I stand before you all today. God's grace. If you know me, you know um, I usually start with John, first chapter of John. Starting at verse 35, I'll ask that you stand as the word of God is read if you're able if not, you can raise a hand, just acknowledge God's word as it's read. The first chapter of John, starting at verse 35 in the text, reads as follows. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. Now, there are some that probably don't know why I read this every time I'm up here. This is kind of like my, my trigger point. It helps to, to point me in the right direction and really understand that it's not about me, that it's all about him. And the disciples followed Jesus as a result of John's direction because John knew that what his purpose in life was, was to prepare the way for the Savior. So I want my purpose here today is to point the way to Jesus. Amen. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, always for your grace and your mercy that you pour out on us, Lord, even when we, we don't deserve it. You pour it out daily, and we thank you for that, and we thank you for your word and how it speaks to us. And I pray right now that you would Speak through your servant, Lord, that I would decrease while you increase, that I wouldn't be a hindrance to your word coming forth and ministering to your people. In the precious name of Jesus, may the word go out and folk be blessed as a result of what you do here today. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. amen. You may be seated. The title of today's message is Navigating Life Storms. And if you all have been looking in the news, we've been seeing these storms, meteorological storms occurring all across the United States. We had a rainstorm last year uh, that impacted even some that are in our congregations where the basements were flooded and various uh, damage uh, uh, they incurred as a result of the storms. We recently saw a storm up in Buffalo where they had to have the, uh, uh, the citizens come to the stadium and actually shovel the snow in order for them to play the football game. So you know it had to be a lot of snow. And these various storms are happening all over. 
but you know, we're experiencing storms in our lives as well. We all are having various storms happening, uh, whether it's financial, whether it's relationships, uh, uh, sometimes even death. And here's the thing, you could kind of, when you, I don't know if you've been outside and you look and you, uh, from a distance and you see the storm coming from, from the east, we look and say, here comes those clouds, we know what's coming. But sometimes those storms just come out of nowhere. As pastor would say, on an ordinary day, we impacted by the storms. And then sometimes they come from all different directions. You could be going through a number of different storms at the same time. It could rain, sleet, and snow. <laughs> you could have multiple things. In our, in our personal lives, you have a number of things happening. Think about with my dad, uh, my father-in-law, and, and what happened with him and his passing. And then we had my, my mother-in-law was actually sick. And so she was going through health challenges. And then we got news that my sister-in-law uh, uh, got diagnosed with cancer. And so it's multiple storms going on at the same time. So what do you do? <laughs> I look at that whole situation and I, I, I try to determine, well, what are these, what types of storms, why are these storms coming? And I came up with three reasons that I want to highlight today in this introduction is one of the storm reason the storms come is because they're manufactured storms. They're storms that we create. <laughs> you know, we create them. I, I got a friend that I, I call him Mr. Messy Boots. I'm not gonna say his name, um, but he's Mr. Messy Boots because there's always a storm going on in his life, and usually he's the central player in it. And I know some of you all have somebody that you know that you can say it's kind of drama queen or drama king. Anybody know somebody like that? If you aren't raising your hand, you might be that person. You might just be that person. <laughs> but we manufacture those storms sometimes that come into our lives. I think about David. David did that. He manufactured uh, his storm because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. He should have been out on the battlefield with his men, and yet he had sinned with Bathsheba. And you all know the story. That was a storm that was manufactured by David. Then sometimes we experience storms simply because we live in a sinful and fallen world. You know, we could trace it back to Adam and Eve. Once they sinned, that sin subjected us to all types of things, sickness and death and various things entered the world. Not to mention that we just can't blame them. We brought our own sin to the party, right? The scriptures tell us that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. David's son, losing his sons, was a result of, you know, his, his doing and what have you. And so he was what I would term as collateral storms. Storms that are the result of somebody else messing up. And the son was killed with the baby between him and Bathsheba was taking out God's punishment on them. So he was like, that was a collateral storm that hit him that was extreme. So this morning, I want to look at this thing and, and these, these, these facts that these various storms come in our lives, we're going we're gonna to build a spiritual sandwich. This introduction is going to serve as the first slice of bread. And I got to say, I got this from... Uh, uh, inspiration from hearing you all last week on Zoom. And I don't know if everybody caught this, but there was some conversation going on Zoom after church that was hilarious. Folks was talking about eating pig ear sandwiches, 
mayonnaise sandwiches, and somebody asked Pastor, they said, Pastor, do you know about this? Pastor was like, no, I don't know nothing about none of that stuff. So <laughs> it was hilarious. But we want to build a spiritual sandwich today as we dig into God's word, and this will serve as our slice of bread. Then the word is going to be our meat. If you're a vegan, we can do beyond meat for you, for you vegans out there. And then we're going to look at how we apply that. And then we're going to try to bring this, this thing together as we purpose to feed on God's word. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn them to the fourth chapter of Mark. And we'll be starting at verse 35. Jesus calms the storm in this particular text. And the text reads as follows. It says, on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. And other boats were with them. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a cushion, and they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And, a, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Roland, if you have that picture, if you could pull that up for me, this all takes place on the Sea of Galilee. Um, Jesus did a lot of ministry here, and I thought it, cool, it would be cool to kind of look at that and this is actually on my bucket list. I want to be able to go visit that. I'm trying to figure out how I'll get there because I can't be on a plane more than three hours. They might have to do a Mr. T thing where they give me some kind of sedative or something. But I want to visit this place and kind of look and walk the grounds that Jesus did his ministry on. And this is the southern view of the Sea of Galilee. And if you notice some of the key things about uh, about the Sea of Galilee is that it is 700 feet below sea level. So it's like way down in a bowl type thing, and it's surrounded by these mountains. Some are like 1,500 feet high. And so the unique thing about that topography, the way it's the, the makeup of the landscape there, is, is that given the way it, it is, that it subjects itself to a number of storms. You know, so what happens is the cold air comes down from the mountains and it kind of hits the warm air on the surface of the water. And it creates these great windstorms that happen to various points of the year. And so this is, what, this is what they were getting ready to experience and why this storm was actually happening there. And so Jesus was actually teaching and preaching. If we look at chapter four and look at the first four, a few verses there. It says, again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in on the sea, so that the whole crowd was beside the sea and the land. Jesus had been ministering in this area, and a great massive crowd would, would, would press up on him. 
So he got into a boat and actually was preaching from the water. And so he was preaching to the people in, in parables. Then he would break it down to the disciples. And he was doing this from sunup to sundown. And so as we see in, in the text, if we go back to verse 35, it says, On that day when evening had come, he had been ministering all day long. And he said, hey, guys, let's go to the other side. Now, I have to note that he was on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. And now he was requesting that the disciples move to the east side. Y'all got me? He was on the west side, and he said, let's leave the west side and then go to the east side. I want y'all to make sure y'all note that. Now, that's biblical. I'm not making that up. If you want to go and check it, go check it. It said he left the west side, and then he wanted to go to the east side. Now, there's a number of reasons that you would leave the west side and go to the east side. But in this particular case, I thought about it. The, the, the east side of the Sea of Galilee is one of those uh, less populated areas. And so I thought, I said, maybe Jesus was trying to get some rest at this point. Maybe he was trying to break free from the crowds that, that was pressing on him just to kind of take a break. But that's not the case. Because if you look at chapter 5 and you look at verse 1, it says, They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately he was met uh, uh, out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. So Jesus had a divine appointment is the reason he left the west side and went to the east side. Y'all with me? Are y'all following me? <laughs> so he had a divine appointment. So the text tells us he moved from the west side to the east side uh, uh, because he had a divine appointment. And then out of nowhere, if we look at the text, it says, a great windstorm arose out of nowhere. And the water started breaking into the boat. So water started, it started, these waves would get as high as 10 feet. And so the water would go from, it, it just started spilling over into the boat. And the text tells us that, but in the stern, he was in the stern asleep on a cushion. Now, when you're, you're up here in the pulpit and Pastor, Roland, Pete, Doug, all of us can attest to this. I have to, like, fight myself because I could get goofy sometimes. And I'm laughing at y'all because I look out in the audience and I'm looking at y'all and some of y'all are knocked out cold. Your head, head snapping. And then you had a nurse. Some people be sitting right in the front. If you're going to sleep at church, sit back there where Cynthia is. I could barely see her, so if she nod off, I won't be able to notice it. Some of y'all will sit right up in these front rows and be knocked out cold, right? But here it is. Jesus in the middle of this storm, his sleep was intentional. He had a cushion. He had a pillow. He was in the boat with a pillow up under his head. So now if you came to church with a pillow, then we got a problem. I got to call Oliver, Brother Jeffrey, and say, hey, 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 take care of that. We get a pillow when we're trying to get intentional sleep. You go on a plane ride, you take a pillow. So I'm going to be knocked out till we get to our destination. Jesus was intentionally knocked out during this storm. So as the chaos is ensuing, uh, everything is going crazy, he's knocked out sleep. And then the disciples turned to him uh, and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? 
said, do you not care that we are about to drown? This thing is, this thing is going down, uh, 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 and, and, and I need to know, Lord, why are you sleeping? There's something that we oftentimes forget about Jesus, and I got this from Pastor, is that he was 100% man and 100% God at the same time. They call it the hypostatic union. Right, Pastor? I've been paying attention. The hypostatic union. My point in bringing that up is, is that Jesus required the same things that we do. He needed to sleep. He needed to eat. He thirsts. He had emotion. He wept in his humanity and kind of take a sidestep for a minute. When he went to the cross, sometimes we think that his Godship shielded him from all the pain when he was on that cross. He felt every nail. He felt every lash. He felt the crown. He felt every bit of that, all of that pain that he took on because he loved us. So his humanity didn't take away from him being uh, crucified on that cross and going through the total experience of that whole ordeal. He did that for us in his humanity. He was on that cross. I think we sometimes forget that. And so my point is that he had basic needs just like we do. We do. And so the disciples are actually watching this thing unfold. And they're going, hey, hey, Lord, what, what, what's going on here? Why are you sleeping? Why, are, why it's like you don't care. He's relaxed. And here's the thing I always tell people. I said, when you see me, this is the people at my staff. When I worked at Anderson, I tell them, I say, when you see me panic, that's when you panic. We see, you see Jesus panicking, that's when you better panic. <laughs> he said, Lord, panicking. He said, no. I said, that's when you panic. If he calm, I'm calm. And that's how you do it. Say, man, if they see you, think, Pastor, never let them see you sweat. And so you start freaking out, everybody else is going to start freaking out. The text goes on to read, teacher, you do not care that we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? I want to look at the road map now to uh, 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 navigating the storms. We want to put the other slice of bread on this thing. We looked at the text for a minute. I want to look at the other slice of bread so that we can complete this sandwich. And some of you, we might put some mustard. If you're from the north side, it's some great poupon. We're going to do that. So let's dig into this. And these are the four things that I want you to be able to take. Don't look like you don't eat great poupon. I saw you go, oh, no, no, no. I know you do. <laughs> Let me stop playing. We want, I want you to take note of these four things. Pastor stressed this yesterday as we were going through our board meeting. I want you to walk out of here with four things that's going to help you in regards to navigating the storm as we look into this text. The first thing that we want to note is that God is sovereign. God, what did I say? God is sovereign. What does that mean to me? That means that whatever storm, whatever you are facing, he knew that it was going to come. Nothing, 
Nothing catches God by surprise. He knew every storm that we are going to face in this life. He knew that the disciples that they were going to be encountering this storm as they moved from the west side to the east side of the Sea of Galilee. He knew that. He knows. And to me, that is comforting to know because it tells me this. It tells me that he's in control. He knows the outcome. He knows when the storm is going to come. He knows the outcome and he's already made provision for us. You saw, see, the disciples were, were panicking because they were looking at what was going on, and it was a very scary situation. I don't know how many of you all have been out at sea. Any of you all been out at sea on a cruise or something? The ocean is very scary, and I'm going to do something today that goes against all my hood training. I'm going to tell you all one of my weaknesses, one of my fears. I am terrified of the ocean. There's things in the ocean that we aren't supposed to be coming in contact with, like sharks and whales and all the scary stuff. Rochelle and I was in Jamaica, and we went, we went snorkeling. She talked me into it. So we went snorkeling, and it was a group of us, and we were all snorkeling, and we were looking at all these things in the water, these crazy-looking fish and everything, and then I noticed that I was the only one in the water. And all these, these creatures started coming towards me. Man, I swim faster than I ever swam in my life and got out of there. I've never been snorkeling again. And I don't plan to go snorkeling. But it's scary to be out on the sea at night and having all these waves and, and everything coming into the boat and you thinking that you, you're about to go down. There's things in your life, situations where you're looking at it, you're going, Lord, things are going crazy. I don't know how this is going to work out. You, you want to give up. There's some people that they do give up. I've seen pastors even throw in the towel when things go crazy. I've seen people even, and this is sad to say, some people even commit suicide because things are going so crazy in their lives. So we have to realize that God is sovereign. He's not going to allow anything to come into your life that he's not aware of. He's not made provisions for you and that he's not going to get you through it. Y'all sound like y'all falling asleep out there. Maybe I need to talk a little louder. Melvin, can you hear me back there? He knew the storm was coming. The storm served its purpose because this was training for the disciples. When you're going through your storm, God is trying to develop something in you. He's trying to get your roots to go deeper. And you see, when those roots go deeper, what happens is that when the next storm comes in, you're able to stand stronger. Things don't, don't affect you so much because your roots have gone deeper and you begin to grow. So the sovereignty of God in allowing that, we need the storms. We need it. My next point is, y'all got the first one, is God is sovereign. The second point is, don't trust your feelings. Stay with the facts. And the fact is, is that God is in control all the time. God is sovereign. Don't trust your feelings. God, stay with the facts. God is in control. Thanks. My mama racket is the only one paying attention over here. I don't know what's going on with the rest of y'all. I'm scratching my head like, what is happening here? 
Don't trust your feelings. Stay with the facts because the reality is your feelings will change based on what's happening around you. Your feelings will change. One day you're feeling good, the next day you're feeling bad. It's predicated on what's happening on the outside. So we need to, we need to stay with the facts. And the fact is, is that God is always in control. There's never a time that he's not in control. Don't trust your eyes. And here's the thing, you, and looking at the circumstances, don't trust your eyes. Stay focused on Jesus. I'm going to try something here. This might be, uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Pastor's going to have me sit down. I was going to stand up on this thing, but I ain't gonna, I'm not going to do it, Pastor. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But I don't know. I'm going to tell y'all another fear of mine. Now, I trust y'all. Y'all family. I know y'all ain't going to use this against me. Right? So, <laughs> hope like, yeah, yeah, tell it to us. Tell it to us, Deacon. <laughs> I want to know everything. Another fear of mine is I don't like heights. I can tolerate it on a certain level, but when you get to a certain height, it, it, it does something to me. I get queasy just looking at the videos on YouTube. I see those guys taking pictures on the tops of the buildings and all of that stuff. I'm feeling queasy just looking at it. And so, but when you're up on a tightrope and you're up on that elevation, what do they tell you to do? Don't look down. And what do we always do? We look down. <laughs> That's the first thing we do. Ah! Ah! Stay focused. Keep looking at Jesus. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Stay focused on Jesus. Don't look down. Don't stay looking at your circumstances. We want to look at our circumstances through Jesus, not our circumstances and then trying to find Jesus. You can't find Jesus if you you looking at the waves and all the things. The disciples, hey, hey, they looking at Jesus and Jesus is chilling. They couldn't see. They was, they was focused on what was happening around them. If they would have focused on Jesus, they never would have panicked because he didn't panic. Don't trust your feelings. Stay with the facts. God is always in control. The next point I want to make is God is with you through the storms. You're not alone. I know it feels like it sometimes. I know it feels like you. I don't, I don't know. I, at least I could, I could say this and, and put myself out there. I know y'all y'all very mature Christians. Y'all been walking with the Lord for years. Praise the Lord and, and everything. I'm still growing. That's sometimes I'm like, Lord, where you at? What's going on? I can't hear you. I can't see you. What's going on? I don't feel like you care. Where you at? I'm struggling here. I'm holding, my, my racket, we do this every, every day. I, I told her, I said, I'm holding on by some fingernails right now. Lord, where you at? He's right there. <laughs> He's right there. I was talking to Pastor on Monday, and I was trying to figure things out. And Pastor, I know you, I know you would never say this, but he said something to me, and I could, I could in the back of my mind, I could hear him go, duh. <laughs> duh. He's like, when you lack wisdom, what do you do? You ask God. Duh. <laughs> I know that's what you was thinking, Pastor. You'll never say it. I know that's what you was thinking. God is right there with us through the storms. 
the word tells us as Moses was talking to Joshua and he, he was handing a baton off to Joshua, he told him this. He says, and it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. This promise still applies to us today. That wasn't just for Joshua and Moses' word to him, to him as they were getting ready to transition into the promised land. That stands true to us today. God is with us right there. He's right there in your boat. Right there. He might be sleeping on the cushion. He might be waiting to see how you're going to react, but he's right there in your boat in the midst of your storms, I promise you. The fourth thing I want you to grab hold of is we have to keep the faith. We can't give up. We have to keep the faith. And we understand, you look in Hebrews eleven six. 6, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. The disciples should have remembered all the things that Jesus had been doing up to that point. They were seeing him doing all these miracles. They were right there listening to him preach. They were right there. He was breaking it down for them. But they were still in development. So I cut them a little bit of slack. If you're lacking in the area of faith, remember God is getting, uh, getting you through the storm. He's getting you through the storm. He's going to get you through the storm. Trust him. And here's the thing. I know one of the things that encourages me is that I think about the past times that God, his faithfulness. And I say, man, if, if God can get me through Cabrini Green, he can get me through a college, he can do all this, uh, uh, bless me with a great family and, and everything and all of this time, why would he just decide, you know what, that's enough. I'm done with you. <laughs> That's not how he operates. It's like if he's done, remember his past faithfulness. He's still the same God he was yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's not going to change. He doesn't change. He's not like us. He's not fickle. He doesn't up and down. This is who he is. So we have to keep the faith. The disciples were in training they didn't really fully understand who he was as we look at the end of the text. I want to close by saying this. I don't know what type of storms that you're facing right now. I don't know, I don't know, personally, I know some of the things uh, uh, um, that some of you all are going through, but I don't know all of the things that are happening in your life right now. But I do know God does. And if you hold on to these things, you hold on to the fact that he is sovereign. He's already made provision for you to get through the storm. He already knows the outcome. He's going to give you everything that you need. And here's the thing that, that you have to come to grips with is once that storm goes, another one might be blowing in. I'd be like, Lord, just give me a little time to catch my breath before the other one come. Please give, give me a couple days of sunshine. And I really appreciate those down times when there's not a lot going on. They don't happen that often now because it seems as the older, the more, that's the wrong word, the more mature 
you become, that's better, right? Y'all feel good about that, right? The more mature you become, you know, things just, just, just start to happen. We're starting to lose people in everything. So things are, it kind of goes crazy at this point. When I was a kid, um, I don't remember all this drama. You know, there's a lot of things I didn't think about. You know, when I got first got saved, I thought that everything was going to be peaches and cream. I thought that once you give your, your life to Jesus, I thought that, man, everything was going to be smooth. That, 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 anybody thought like that? I guess uh, it's a few of us. I guess, that's the more, uh, more mature Christians over here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. We settled that. But I thought that everything was going to be peaches and cream. I thought I wasn't going to have no problems. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> but in order to develop, in order to grow, the storms are necessary. They're necessary. I was preparing this message on uh, putting in some things on Thursday. And I'm sitting at my desk. And literally, it, just, it had to be, it was God. I'm typing, and next thing I know, rain is pelting the roof. Foo! It was like thundering and lightning. It was like, man, it, it started going crazy outside. It was like, I was like, I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, man, look at God. Ten minutes later, the storm was over. It's like it never happened. Y'all remember that Thursday? I was like, man, it was over just like that. I said, look at God. And what that said to me was, what you're going through with your family and all these things that are happening right now, you're going to come through the storm. I got the power to turn it on and off. I'm going to get you through the storm. You're going to be okay. You're going to, I say this to you all, you are going to be okay. God got you in the midst of your storm. Hold on to those things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press this one last time before I walk off this, and I'm walking right out the door. Because I don't want to hear them West Side people coming up to me after the service talking about, I don't like your West Side, yo. You be saying that too much. Every time you're up there, you're talking about the West Side. They all sensitive and stuff. I love y'all. I love y'all. God is sovereign. Don't trust your feelings. God is always in control. God is with you in the midst of your storm. We must keep the faith. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you how it speaks to us and allow us to process it and grow. Lord, the challenges that the saints are facing right now, you know the particular of each, uh, the particulars of each situation. So I pray that you would keep them encouraged, help them to stay focused on you in the midst of their storms. Give them strength and peace and comfort to know that you got them. Lord, is there anyone here or watching on Zoom that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I pray for them. All they have to do is say, believe that you are God, that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for their sins. Repent and believe. That's all they have to do. It's real simple, and they will be adopted into the kingdom of God to become one of your own. So I thank you for what you've done here today, Lord. May your word not return void. In Jesus' name, amen.